Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibber, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey, how's it going? Uh, in this podcast, we focus on the world of animation. In each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and the main topic discussing a TV series or something else, uh, as well as film. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about. So this week uh, is episode 101. So again, thank you for joining us for the past 100 episodes and our kind of uh, celebratory 100th episode we did uh, just before this one with uh, a few of our old friends from the past 100 episodes. Uh, so for this episode, though, it's going to be kind of like a news roundup from this past month or so, uh, basically everything that's happened. Uh, I'm kind of calling it sequels, reboots, and awards season. So Perfect. Uh, so without further ado, the first little bit, uh, I'm going to kind of put it under uh, the Cinemark new releases, reviews. It's kind of news as well, but so with... Walt Disney's uh, animated film Cinderella, it's going to receive a 4K uh, release that will first come to Disney Movie Club uh, here in March, uh, and it will come out March 28th, and then what's kind of interesting about this is this seems like um, something that Disney Movie Club is kind of uh, playing around with now, is doing kind of like these exclusive 4K releases for like a brief period of time uh, and then the like a f like a future um, release to the wide wider public will become later on it's because they see that with cinderella that's coming out uh later this year in august uh for everybody to be able to buy on 4k and this is part of like the disney 100 uh line of stuff they're doing as well too what's kind of interesting and Stanford and I were talking about this before we started recording was that uh, similarly uh, with the Strange World uh, 4K release that is also only on Disney Movie Club we've noticed uh, that one just came out recently on Valentine's Day I do not know if that one will be getting a wider release later on I haven't seen anything for that but currently right now if you want to buy Strange World in 4K, that one is only available through the Disney Movie Club for interesting reasons. I'm not... Because we were kind of talking about this as kind of like a side note. We're not sure if that has to do with, like, just kind of trying to recoup maybe some of, like, the box office cost for the film. So more or less doing it kind of like as a uh, video-on-demand kind of pressing of the, like, a 4K release for it. For the film which brings me to like kind of a side thing with that too is that i think maybe at least with disney movie club they should still do that with like maybe like 3d uh blu-ray and 3d 4k releases uh specifically for like the animated films like like from walt disney animation studios and pixar and then from from marvel as well for a lot of people that are still wanting to buy like the 3d at home releases like that They'll usually have to go the international route, and then if they have like a multi-region player, be able to do it that way to watch like any of the more recent like Marvel films or Disney or Pixar animated films to watch them in 4K at home. So it's kind of interesting 
that at least uh, with some of these right now, they're going this route with exclusive windows uh, on Disney Movie Club. What do you what do you think about that, Stanford? You know, it's interesting. I mean, I guess clearly the the number of people that belong to the Disney Movie Club it must make sense for them, you know, to do some of these, I guess, exclusive releases and just offer them that way. But yeah, but uh, you know, I just. I think, too, everybody's still trying to figure out the proper mix with physical media as well. I think that's a complicated thing. At least as I, I mean, you know, I who have no inside information (laughs) about it. But, you know, I think you and I see eye to eye on this. I mean, we, we believe in physical media and the importance of it. And I hope the studios still support it and not expect everything is going to go on a streaming catalog that they can just pull or change, you know? Um, Right. What what are your thoughts on it, Mark, currently? Yeah, it definitely seems to be uh, fluctuating, at least with them. Because for, like, a while, that was also how you could only get some of their films, like, only, like, on Blu-ray. Yeah. That That was how I had to specifically finish... Well, I guess you'd never, like, finish it, but, like, finish my Blu-ray Disney animated feature, like, canon collection. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, because of, like, like, those vignette films, like, Melody Time and Make Mine Music and Saludos Amigos and Three Caballeros uh, and Black Cauldron. Those are, like, the only ones that... On Blu-ray, right? Yeah, hadn't gotten Blu-ray releases, like, at least wide releases, so... To get them, you had to get them through through Disney Movie Club. Disney that was Club. also how I, how I had to get the Muddy Ducks trilogy too. Oh, that's right. Which I, I, which about I always that. thought was yeah. was funny that Heavyweights got like a wide release, um, which is like pretty much like the same creative team. Yeah, and and whatnot, and that has like bonus features and everything on it. It's even got an audio commentary on there with like Judd Apatow, who was a writer on that movie. But then, like, and Heavyweights is a. Uh, kind of like a cult classic for like Disney live action films from like the nineties. Yeah. But if you had to name off what was more popular popular, would you say it was like the original Mighty Ducks movie, uh, or Heavyweights? I mean I would think Mighty Ducks. But Yeah. Yeah. So I just always thought that was interesting that like the Mighty Ducks movies got relegated to kind of relegated, yes. Yeah, Disney Movie Club and our and all of like those Disney Movie Club Blu-rays are all like the bare bone releases where it's like strictly just the movie, uh, just the like. I mean, it's nice that you still get them in, in HD, but it, it's kind of a bummer that there's like literally nothing else on there but the movie itself. Yeah. Um, you know, and so. I think the Cinderella thing, to me, it almost feels like it's a test to see how yeah. well, you know, how well it's going to do. Uh, and we'll, I guess I guess we'll just see. I mean, I, I'm going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, just because, I mean, how many times can I repurchase the, uh, you know, the films from all Disney Animation Studios? I guess clearly a lot. But, right. but I, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. And, Definitely, and uh, I know you know. I mean, I've been rewatching some of these classic, you know, films from Walt Disney Animation Studios from from my own movie watching project this year. But 
uh, and and the prints that they've put on Disney Plus really look great. You know, it seems, it seems to me like they're probably ready to pull the trigger, you know, on doing big 4K releases on many of them if, you know, if the, yeah. mar- if the market's going to uh, be interested. Yeah. And side note to that, I'm still hoping that eventually, possibly, if maybe, if just on Disney Movie Club to get the, like, Marvel uh, Disney Plus series and the Lucasfilm Star Wars and uh, well, just Lucasfilm series, like because you include Willow in there too, on um, some kind of 4K and or Blu-ray release through some kind of physical copy of that, because I'd like to have like my actual full like MCU collection actually be full yeah. and not be missing all of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah, I I know there's other ways to get those, uh, but I would like to actually get official. Lee released versions of those on Blu-ray. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I guess enough about that. And on to the the next thing was the 95th Oscars uh, animation nominees for best animated feature were released back on uh, about January 24th. And the films that were nominated for best animated feature this year were Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, Marcel the Shell Shoes On. Puss in, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red, all of which are movies, excuse me, that we discussed here on the show. So I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, oh, we were out of the game and we actually covered each of these movies. Um, so when I actually shared what movies were nominated back on that day on our our Twitter feed, I also linked to each of our episodes <laughs> covering Nice. Those. Yeah, kind of away, away. So, uh, and we, I remember we enjoyed all these. Uh, you and I didn't initially talk about Marcel together, uh, but we did after the after fact. the fact. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I would be happy with any of these these films winning best animated feature. It kind of seems like at least right now that uh, Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio is definitely the front runner to. Uh, take the best animated feature Oscar uh, this year, uh, especially to kind of uh, what was recently. I'm gonna let you take the next story, but yeah, to go w- with that, I like my favorite of these was Marcel the Shell with shoes on, um, but like right there, very 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 close underneath it was Pinocchio, as well as Puss in Boots. So like, like. Like I said, I would be happy with, with really any of these winning, and I'm glad that to see kind of such of like a diverse uh, animation uh, nomination list this year. Me too. So, I, I think that uh, I'm with you. Any any one of those films, I, I'd be happy with. In fact, I did. Some years I feel like either a film got snubbed, you know. I mean, I guess we all do, or or maybe a film. That I really love that you know the Academy didn't nominate it or whatever. But this year, I just think these all are worthy films, and it. it's going to be fun to see who wins. Yeah. Oh, and side note to that too is uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio also won the Best Animated Feature Golden Globe too. Right. So I think he's riding a wave, and and uh, uh, yeah, yeah. 
I'm I'm glad to see stop motion get being highlighted so much too, because um, that's always good news for Leica, who's predominantly yes. the stop motion uh, animated animation studio. And um, with them having a new film coming out this year, that should be sure to help help them as well too with all the success of Pinocchio. I would assume. I think so too, and you know. Guillermo del Toro was such a unique and excellent filmmaker that it just makes me happy that one of one of his passion projects that's kind of out there, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, is getting the love. It makes me happy. Very much. Which just, I guess, leads into our next story, Mark, that also uh, the... Uh, British Academy of Film and Television Arts, a.k.a. BAFTA, uh, also awarded Pinocchio for be- their best animated feature. Um, the BAFTA Awards were just, were they just over the weekend? Were they on, yeah, weren't they on like on Sunday? Yeah, just best weekend. Yeah, so anyway, that makes me, again, super happy <laughs> and, and, and well-deserved. That's why, you know, I think, I think he's riding the wave and I would be very, I would be very surprised if it doesn't win the Oscar, but... I'm still, as like one of those, I'm just happy with any of those films that were nominated for the Oscar. Yeah, and I even recently purchased a, a design from our buddy Honorary Android uh, on TeePublic uh, where he made art based off of uh, one of Guillermo del Toro's recent quotes um, that animation is cinema, that it's not a, me- yeah. it's a medium, not a genre. Uh, but the, I like the shirt design. It just says animation and cinema, and, and cinema it's kind of like the Cinerama dome. Yep. Uh, <laughs> design on there. You and I so, both bought one of those. It, I yeah. guess my yeah, I got, my, I got one too. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave. I'll leave a link for it. Yes, our, our absolutely. It's cool. Him. It's but, a cool shirt. Yeah, I ended up getting the shirt, a sticker, a magnet. Um, I think that was it. <laughs> no, but nice. Yeah, I got nice work, Mark. But yeah. Uh, and then the the next bit of news uh, from there, uh, kind of moving away a little bit from the award season, uh, was recently, uh, kind of around mid-January, it was announced that there's a Phineas and Ferb revival. We kind of teased this back in the 100th episode when I was talking about Phineas and Ferb being one of my favorite shows uh, during those years uh, we were on hiatus. Uh, and the revival is in works as part of uh, creator Dan Povenmire's newly inked overall deal with Disney-branded television. So there's going to be another 40 episodes of the popular animated series produced as part of the deal, which will equate to basically two seasons. Uh, it's also not clear where the episodes will air, since Disney-branded television currently produces series across Disney Channel, Disney+, Plus, Disney Junior, Disney XD. Um, I could see this possibly being uh, one of those things that shows on Disney Channel, Disney XD, and Disney Plus. Uh, just because it used to be on Disney XD, like when it aired, like originally, granted Disney Plus didn't exist then, so it could be just Disney Plus. Uh, one of the things that he said too is that there's songs that we wrote in 2005 for the show that are trending on TikTok. That has been one of the best times in my career is the fact that this whole generation of kids and parents really took the show into their hearts and it still means so much to them, uh, Povemeyer said. Povemeyer's overall deal also includes a second season of 
the Disney Channel series Hamster and Gretel. Uh, and then Finister previously ran for four seasons on Disney Channel. And there's also been two animated movies, the Phineas and Ferb movie Across Second Dimension, and Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe. All four original seasons and the films are all on Disney Plus, too. What was kind of interesting uh, in here, too, is that, at least with this, it seems more like it's just, like, Dan Povenmire that it's with, but... I could have sworn that, like, when they're with the original series, that it was like a co-creation thing. Yeah, like exactly. And, and Jeff Swampy Marsh. I know we kind of corresponded so, about this. I seemed the exact same to me too, and now it just seems like it's all Dan, you know. Yeah, so I'm not sure because, like, uh, Jeff Swampy Marsh was Doctor Doofenshmirtz on the show and Major Monogram, uh, respectively. Um, so, and then they also didn't say uh, whether the original voice cast would be returning for this, too. So, you know, like Ashley Tisdale, uh, Vincent Martella, Carolyn Ray, uh, Dee Bradley Baker, who's busy being the Bad Batch, uh, Allison Stoner, uh, Malik Pintrelli, uh Bobby Gaylor, Olivia Olson, uh, Tyler Mann, uh, and then David Irigo Jr., uh, who came on in for as for later on so i'm not sure like i haven't seen anything else as far as this with um because i know they also worked together uh with the murphy's law show that was that's kind of set in the the same universe as phoenix and ferb with the weird, weird al did the voice yes on that show so i'm not sure what exactly at all is maybe like um uh, Maybe Jeff Swamp and Marsh just hadn't like finished like his deal yet, but they wanted to put out that like I guess half of the deal had been done. So I'm not sure all what uh, is going on with that as far as him, but the, I do think that's kind of like uh, an interesting thing because of that. What are your thoughts? Uh, expanded up upon what you're you said. know. I guess I don't know what to think. I I wish. I, I wish that they... I don't think they were necessarily hiding anything, but they sure weren't being completely, like, clear about it, you know? It just They just stated it. And so, I, honestly, I don't know. What, I don't know. I did see uh, recently um, through... What was it? Uh, Disney TV Animation News that Dan... Povenmire recently hinted that Jeff Sumpy Marsh is up for the Phineas and Ferb revival uh, one month basically after the early talks with Disney to have him as part of the creative team. So that's, it's, I don't know, I just think that's weird almost that they weren't, it wasn't like a, I don't know, like a co kind of thing. I don't know, just, I don't know. It's, that would be like, I feel like, uh, I'm trying to think of like another co creator kind of type thing like i don't maybe like the like with the russo brothers like they're brothers but like say like they like only one of them was brought on for something that they created uh together you know kind of like that it's almost similarly to like the wachowskis but that was more or less because uh only one of them wanted to come back for the fourth matrix film whereas the other one did not yeah so 
I don't know. It's it's still definitely like kind of a, like a weird thing, I guess, at least to me that that duo who's done so much stuff together for Disney, uh, when they did this deal to come back, that it wasn't like at at the time of that already like a spoken of thing. It was like that kind of feels like a no brainer for them to just like come back together. Uh, and it's been long enough where uh, at one point we were supposed to have them on like. I don't know, like seven or eight years ago, where I had asked asked if they wanted to come on the show, and then I just kind of like never heard anything after that. Kind of, kind of got ghosted. Yeah. Uh, by by Dan Povenmire and Jeff Swampy Marsh, but they're busy dudes. So, uh, if if only they, if anything, they knew the show our show existed. So at least I guess that's cool. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but still, it would be great to talk with them. We'd love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, moving on from that, I will let you take the, the next bit of news. Well, you know, Mark, Netflix gives and then takes it away, right? I mean, they, they so um, they had initially announced that they were going to do season two. They had greenlit season two of Inside Job. Uh, you know, the show from series creator Sean Takuchi. I hope I'm saying his name right. Uh, but. Uh, after canceling a number of shows, you know, over the last few weeks, um, including Midnight Club, Blockbuster, Warrior Nun, and Fate, the Wink Saga, um, Netflix also changed their mind on Inside Job and canceled it, too. So, um, on Twitter, the, uh, you know, uh, Shion Takuchi wrote in a statement saying, over the years, these characters have become real people to me, and I am devastated not to be able to watch them grow up. Reagan and Brett deserve to get their ending and finally find happiness, and I would have loved to have been able to share what was in store with you all. So that's... that's I just think it's a bummer. I mean, Netflix was going yeah. so crazy. I mean, I didn't necessarily know how they could sustain it, but... It was exciting, I think, just to me as an animation fan, that, like, man, the home for animation right now is Netflix, you know, just because they would do yeah. so much in, uh, I think, the accounts and and um, the shareholders have caught up with them, and they really right. just had to cut, cut way back, so it's, it's really a bummer. Yeah, if you look at most of the episodes that we've done since coming back from our hiatus, I know. <laughs> a, a lot of them will say Netflix is such and such. Yeah. Um, so that's I think that is kind of funny. It'll it'll either say like Disney's or Netflix's or like the I guess would be like the majority of stuff that we've done. Yeah. As featured things, it's it is kind of a bummer with this stuff too. It's like they like you said they do give and take away kind of stuff. Like they'll in the live action uh, region, like for fans of Manifest, like myself, it was awesome that they were able to. Uh, bring Manifest back and give it like a proper final season on Netflix for that series. But then it's also kind of bummer for like some other shows like, uh, again, live action, but like the, the show Glow uh, with like Alison Brie where that had been uh, kind of a similar situation where it had been renewed. And then I think they had even produced like the episodes it's kind of like it was kind of almost like a similar like 
uh, Batgirl thing where like it was produced and then like they decided to cancel the renewal that they had previously renewed. So similar to this. So I'm hoping maybe like some of these shows like I had actually never saw uh, Inside Man but I've a bunch of my friends I had had reacted this and were saying they were bummed out about the show being canceled after being renewed. Yeah. Um, So hopefully, uh, like, there's not, there's not too many, like, streaming services that I've seen that are, like, kind of still, that I, that I see picking up other streaming services that shows that have been canceled as much as it used to happen. Um, so I'm not sure, like, if the, if this has any possibility with that. Sometimes with stuff like this, too, it, it can always be cool if, like, they somehow get to uh, finish the story in some other kind of medium. Yeah. Whether, whether, whether that's, like, a graphic novel um, is usually kind of the path for something like that, just because it's not exactly the same thing, but it's the closest thing to that. Yes. Um, so hopefully that can, some kind of resolution, resolution can happen with that. Cause I know I've been on the side of that where I've, there's been plenty of TV series that I've loved that have gotten canceled either after one, two, three, however many seasons. And they didn't know they were getting canceled or didn't know they were ending. So the show story just kind of ends, uh, and then you're kind of like, well, uh, don't have any kind of resolution of this show and these characters that I really, really enjoyed. So I guess I'll just make something up in my head now. Um, and then sometimes the, the creators are able to share like what they would have wanted to do, but then it's always still kind of a bummer too. Cause you're like, I would have liked to have seen that not just hear like, kind of like a, like a play by play just kind of told that way. Yes. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but the speaking of shows that did get to end on their own terms have gotten to kind of continue on in different forms and function over the past uh, many years is with the Avatar Studios, not to be confused with James Cameron's Avatar, uh, the last Airbender, uh, second animated movie focusing on Zuko, uh, is confirmed to come to theaters actually in 2026. Uh, around October 9th of 2026, to be precise. Um, so we'll get that, that, uh, a, not, it's, that's a weird way to phrase it. I was going to say the adult animated Last Airbender, but the, the aged up to adults, uh, I guess that's the best way to phrase that, Aang, Aang Gang, as they're affectionately called, uh, film we already knew about, and then now we have the Zuko, uh, film that'll be coming out in October of 2026. There's not really any other news uh, so far about this that's known other than that. Another that it'll follow Zuko. Uh, it also uh, seems like it'll be primarily kind of not uh, fully like adult Zuko, but kind of like in that uh, kind of in between things so there's not really a whole lot known about this one other than basically that's the date that it's coming out so 
my son and I are getting closer and closer to finishing uh, the original series, uh, Avatar The nice. Last Airbender. We're on, yes. we're on that, that last and third season of it. So once we do finish that, we'll move on to Legend of Korra. Um, but we have been enjoying it a lot, so we'll and definitely be done by the time these come out. You've been watching it on physical media too, haven't you, Mark? Yeah, back, I don't remember, there was a date that there's the box set of of the Blu-rays for The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra uh, together. It was like 30 bucks or something like that, so I, I picked it up that day. Score. Uh, we had been watching it on Netflix, but I'd rather watch it on physical Yes. Just because that way I don't have to rely on an internet connection speed for yeah for any of those. And they look better on the Blu-ray than they, it's good. Than it's they do. They, on, love it. they look really good. On Netflix, yeah. too. So, uh, yeah, We're really enjoying it. Uh, we were we were going to watch more today, but he got called into work. So uh, didn't get to watch more Avatar today. But I'm definitely excited about this. Uh, and I'm looking at a Zuko Funko Pop sitting in front of me right now as we record this, too. So. <laughs> Outstanding. That's appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what do you think? I uh, I am happy about about it all. I, I know that this is such a beloved series, and I just think it's great. So I just, you know, wish the creators happy i wish the fans you know ha- ha- happiness with it and that it's all and, and I'll, i'm excited that there's going to be a theatrical release you know yeah uh, i think it's great for both of these films yeah so. really um, all from all for more hand-drawn animated films getting released into theatrical same here and i think too the fan base is just so amazing and have been so loyal to this ip you know that um, it's like a gift, you know. I think it's I think it's really really cool. So more Netflix news, Mark. <laughs> uh, but it's really focused on on filmmaker Chris Williams. So you know, Chris Williams was a longtime Disney employee, and he ended up leaving for Netflix. And he's got more. This is more happy news. So his film, The Sea Beast, which you and I you know talked about in the previous uh, episode. Was just a was a monster hit for Netflix. It was their most viewed animated movie ever, and uh, so good for them and good for him because I think you know we both enjoy the Sea Beast and and again all for quality animation getting getting greenlit and and continuing. And I think Chris Williams has just been a great talent. uh, Yeah, uh, you know for you know, at, at Disney and now what he, what he's doing here, here at Netflix. So they've, they've greenlit, uh, Netflix, they mean Netflix have, have greenlit, a a sequel, uh, to, to this film. And then just an overall deal where he's going to be able to create some more original films for, uh, for them. So, that uh, that's cool. The, the, so the sequel is going to bring back Monster Hunter Jacob Holland and his now adopted daughter Maisie, and uh, so you know that'll be fun. And then this other film these, that Williams is working on is an original fantasy, where Williams hopes to use his world building chops, as it says in the Hollywood Reporter, to tell a story both big and small, in the tradition of Lord of the Rings, but with the attitude of the Princess Bride. 
So I'm intrigued. <laughs> That's good. You know, I think, I, I, you know, again, Chris Williams is a good director. He's got, I think, just a really good sense about about everything, and 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 uh, I'm just glad this is this is working out for him. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see like where it'll go with this. Yeah. Um, for a second film. Yeah. Um, like you said, and yeah, I'm just glad that he's getting more uh, projects to be able to do with them as well. So I'm always up for for more quality animation, uh, especially. And then anytime, kind of a side tangent thing was anytime i've shared anything about uh the sea beast or our episode about the sea beast he has liked it on twitter yeah so i think he's it's cool to see that he's, he's watching maybe we'll we'll try to see if he would like to come on the show in the wouldn't future that'd too, be so. fantastic yeah because i would him. like to to get some more uh interviews going again on the show like uh, we have uh in the past um so i'm definitely excited for for something like that um but the the next bit of news is not uh as happy as as that i guess is just the best way to say that uh so adult swim recently severed ties with justin roland that who was one of the co-creators of rick and morty um primarily because uh, roland had been charged with felony domestic violence back in 2020 um so because of that obviously that and for good reason uh they cut ties with him uh they will be continuing to produce rick and morty with dan Harmon now as the, the like the sole uh kind of like executive producer with that what will be interesting for this case specifically though is that since he was also the basically the the two main characters of the show's voice uh both rick and morty on the show, uh, they'll have to recast uh, Rick and Morty for Rick and Morty. Um, so it, it'll be interesting, which, I mean, there's there's definitely a, a ton of talented uh, voice actors out there. So there's definitely a bunch of people that they could get to replace him that uh, would sound great as Rick and Morty on the show. So I... I'm looking forward to that. I'm not, so like the other thing that's kind of interesting too is that uh, this is kind of separate from that, but I'm wondering how that would also affect the series uh, Solar Opposites. Yeah, that that he was like the primary right uh, kind of head of for that. Um, so whether that she'll just kind of like die now, or if that will also kind of go through the like a similar kind of uh rejiggering with that too with uh voice cast um as well as like behind the scenes like production and whatnot so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens with both those shows too but it's good that like with that because of uh different charges that he's being uh given that that definitely was the kind of best route for like adult son to go with uh separating themselves from him at that point but we will follow along with that to see what happens with both those shows too. Uh, but speaking of Adult Swim, that'll bring Stanford to the next bit. Yeah, you know, uh, after an eight-year hiatus from Adult Swim, at least for original content, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is returning. 
uh, you know, they just have they just recently released uh, uh, a feature film on HBO Max called Aqua Teen Forever uh, Plantasm. It's it arrived on HBO Max on February eighth, and it's and it's going to be playing on Adult Swim starting uh, March twelfth. But uh, anyway, the, the yeah the, the show is going to be returning for its twelfth season. Uh, the new season, which will consist of five all new episodes, hails from the series' original creators, Dave Willis and Matt Maiero. Um, they're thrilled, of course. The quote is that we are thrilled to be making more Aqua Teen Hunger Force episodes for a new generation of fans, building upon the most impressive collection of IP ever assembled. <laughs> Which is so great. Uh, anyway, you know this. I this is. I, I mean, this stuff I love too, Mark. You know, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force originally premiered on Cartoon Network in the year two thousand, and then continued airing episodes through twenty fifteen on Adult Swim, um, and really ever since Adult Swim began airing in, in two thousand and one, this series has just been a staple. You know, on it due to its just weirdness and you know and just <laughs> how, yeah. how, how funny it is so uh i'm i'm pretty happy about it. this is this is a show i like and i think uh, i i i'm i'm stoked what do you think i'm excited for that too it kind of seems like oh they're like they took a hiatus when we did so then they came back when we did too um, <laughs> that's, that's right more or less the timing uh, yeah so yeah it's it's interesting like how all these I'm not like two minds for it, like with all these, because we we have some other stuff later in the the news feel, uh, later on is like all these shows that had ended that are now coming back, um, like between this, um, I don't want to spoil it yet. Uh, another one we're gonna be talking about, like Futurama coming back again, again, uh, <laughs> Phineas and Ferb. So it's like everything old is new again, and coming back again. Um, kind of, so, like, I'm happy with, like, that, like, a lot of these shows are getting to kind of be introduced to, like, a new audience in one respect. Yeah. Um, and that, like, these creators and whatnot get to come back to, like, shows and series that they had done before. But then I'd also like to just, like, see some new stuff, too, just because, again, like, some other stuff we'll talk about later on, um... If, if you reboot and sequelize stuff uh, too often, you'll eventually run out of stuff to reboot and sequelize. If you know what I mean, because there's then there won't be any uh, more original stuff that came out that you can then like make a sequel to if you wanted to at that point. Otherwise, you end up with like the fifth or sixth film in a series that may have not necessarily needed a fifth film at, at some point um but going off of that uh fox has renewed bob's burgers family guy and the simpsons for two more seasons each so what that means is wow. that the simpsons will continue its record for the longest running scripted series in tv history so this will cover seasons 35 and 36 for the simpsons Three more in the show will have been on for as long as Homer Simpson has been alive, which is confusing. Uh, <laughs> seasons 14 and 15 for Bob's Burgers, which 
Man, I didn't even realize it had been on that show had been on that long. I thought it was only like on its like fifth season. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but uh and then season twenty two and twenty three for Family Guy, which for Family Guy, that's kind of something for a show that got canceled after season three and then came back <laughs> after that too. So it's uh, wow. Some and what's f- funny is that Fox's animation block is called Animation Domination. So they also know a good thing about rhyming with titling yes. for animation, just 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 uh, <laughs> like we do. Um, if if it it was it was a almost too close there where they they we might have had to, to sue fox for for copyright infringement. <laughs> and i'm I'm sure we definitely would have won with uh all of the the money that fox has behind them which right is now which is now disney money yeah uh, so we we definitely definitely would have won that um <laughs> but uh one of the the statements for fox as president of scripture programming said uh, three plus decades of the simpsons more than two decades of family guy and over a decade of Bob's Burgers proves the enduring power of the animation genre. Which, I'm going to take it from you right there, dude. It's not a genre. Yeah. Animation is not a genre. Not a genre. I, I like I like what you're saying here with the enduring power of animation. Yeah. You remove You can remove the genre part from that. Just go talk to Grandma Little Trail. He'll, he'll tell you that it's not a genre. Exactly. It's, it's a medium. And look um, at our shirts uh, that we just bought, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the animation... I'm just going to remove that from the quote. So I'm gonna make, this will not be a paraphrase quote. The animation on our network and the infinite fan affinity for these outrageously funny comedy classics. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I it's just kind of crazy that, like, so, yeah, 36 or... So, essentially, there's only one year of my life that The Simpsons... Or I guess a few years, because this is a few years ahead. But yeah, so there's only been like a few years of my life that like The Simpsons didn't exist, which is kind of crazy to think about, and that it's still running on the air after all of that time. I still remember like these like old like home videos of me like uh, like running in front of the camera, like with this like stuffed uh, Bart, uh, like like stuffed animal Bart figure that I have, or yeah. just like throw it in front of the camera. I think I had like a Eat My Shorts Man Bart Simpson t-shirt. And do you remember Butterfinger BBs? Yeah. It was like when Bart Simpson was the spokesman for Butterfinger and then those now discontinued Butterfinger BBs. Those were the better version of Butterfingers, by the way, too, because it was just enough of the Butterfinger kind of crunchity stuff that it didn't get stuck in your teeth. Whereas it's it's too comp it's too compacted I think in the bars yeah right? no matter what you the do when bars. you eat them, it always yeah like, even the little mini bars it still does but like the Butterfinger BBs it was like just enough right amount in them that when you ate them it didn't get stuck in your yeah teeth. well so, and they kind of make a mess too you know they crumble yeah. crumbly and yeah crispy crunchy peanut buttery or the BBs you know anyway but. That, that's enough about uh, discontinued candy. <laughs> discontinued, or discontinued candy segment. <laughs> uh, now to talk about cheese. Exactly. You know, this is happy news. It's 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 the thirtieth anniversary of, of Wallace and Gromit. They announced uh, last month that they 
are making a new Wallace and Gromit film. They meaning Aardman, excuse me. And uh, that it's going to return in 2024. And believe it or not, it's premiering exclusively on Netflix. For most of the world, with the exception of the UK, where it's going to debut, this new film will debut first on the BBC. Um, They've got a a, a plot summary. I guess first off I should say, it's going to be directed by Nick Park. Nice. Who we love here on the program, uh, and Merlin Crossingham, who is who is currently the creative director of Wallace and Gromit. The plot mark is that the film sees Gromit becoming concerned that Wallace is a little too dependent on his inventions. When Wallace's smart gnome uh, develops a mind of his own, it fails. Or excuse me, it falls to Gromit to battle sinister forces and save his master, or Wallace may never be able to invent again. So. Uh, What's not to like about this? I'm, you know, I love Wallace and Gromit, love Ardman, and how fun. So 2024, we'll have some new Wallace and Gromit, and I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. I've always been a like a big fan of Wallace and Gromit. Um, I would like to, I wish they did get more like theatrical releases for Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, I loved the the Were Rabbit. Um, so it would be cool to see some more stuff from them. I do like kind of like the one-off things that we have got from them in the past. Uh, I mean, granted, mostly it's like most of the like the shorts. Uh, they and then they did like like that. Uh, it's like a TV special thing. Uh, the world of inventions, kind of go with that. It was kind of like um, it was basically like them introducing like these live-action segments, but like. It's like an interesting way to kind of coalesce uh, Walsh and Gromit into like a science uh, teaching kind of show for kids to watch. Yes. Uh, so continuing our uh, speaking of like revivals and sequels and um, reboots and whatnot, King of the Hill revival uh, is heading to Hulu uh, with the original creator Mike Judge uh, behind it. So, with this, uh, King of the Hill will, be, um, it's going to be the, like, entire original, like, co-creators, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels are returning for the King of the, the, King of the Hill reunion. Mike Judge recently, uh, revived, yeah, another adult animated dark comedy, Favorite Beavis and Butthead. Um, so in Hulu's King of the Hill revival, Judge will reprise his role as Hank Hill. Uh, Kathina Jimmy will return as Peggy. Uh, and then with this, we'll see the return of Stephen Root as Bill, Pamela Adlon as Bobby Hill, uh, Johnny Hardwick as Dale, Lauren Tom as Min. Um, and then this, uh, so it's been in the works since 2017. Um, the original show ran from 1997 to 2010 and had nearly 300 episodes. Uh, so this should be interesting to see how the series kind of designs itself for uh, modern times, I guess uh, you'd say. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely, especially with, uh, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, what they touch on in this show as well, too. Uh, Especially with, like, kind of, like, who Hank is as a person um, and then kind of, like, in the modern political climate i'm i 
I wonder like how they will like frame Hank and like his his family within Texas on the show, um, updating it for like kind of like the modern modern day on that. And, like how, especially with like how Mike Judge tends to uh, tackle stuff like that with his stuff. Mike Judge, I think, has such a good pulse, you know, on just current events within society. I think this is a great time to bring this show back, and I think it's going to be a lot. Yeah, there's going to be a, a lot of interesting stuff coming out for them. I, I, that's that's when I hope, please, like, please don't cancel it. Yeah, please let it. Right. <laughs> and that but, one, yeah, I think, so technically is strange. Disney, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Yeah, uh, but from one revival of the classic character to another. To another uh, with a totally different tone. I am so disturbed about this, because if you've seen the concept (laughs) art. but So Barney the Purple Dinosaur is back, Um, and it's it's terrifying. Um, Yeah. Toy giant Mattel, who owns the rights to Barney, um, they have created a new look for Barney, and it looks like it's going to be a CGI Barney rather than a giant walking around, you know, Barney. Yeah, like a dude, dude in a suit. Dude in a purple suit. Um, which was creepy too, but this, you know, this new one just looks ter- terrifying. Um, you know, Barney and Friends ran from 1992 till 2010. It was a PBS show. Uh, Mattel has said that the new show, unlike the original, as you mentioned, will be animated. And they also have not confirmed yet that it's going to go on PBS. Uh, they, the company, has, the company meaning Mattel, has confirmed streaming and broadcast partners will be announced later in the year um and pbs was not available for 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 comment on this on this particular article which is from cnn uh mattel said that in creating the new series it was important to us that we properly reflect the world that kids today live in so that the series can deliver meaningful lessons about navigating it with our modern take on barney we hope to inspire the next generation to listen care and dream big uh, and then I'm just thinking of that, you know, I love you, you love me song that's running through, running through, running through my head. Um, so anyway, see, so like the original series, at least for me, was released at just the right time for me, age wise, for when it yeah. came out, because I was like six years old. Yes, when the, the original, so that it was aimed right at me at that time. I remember I had like a stuffed Barney, uh, like a stuffed animal Barney. Um, I remember that show so well that it, like, I don't, I think it was, I don't know if she was supposed to be his sister or niece or daughter, but Betty, uh, oh yeah, Betty Bob, his, Betty Bob, uh, the Triceratops, yes, the uh, Triceratops, right? Yeah, where she was the same height as him when they first debuted her, and then, like, eventually she became shorter since she was supposed to be a, a baby and he was an adult, so, so the logic of of how much logic there can be like in a show with a dude in a suit like that uh and then like there's the 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 other dinosaur bj um yeah i remember too much about barney but i just remember uh 
yeah like you said like the the i love you you love me song from the show uh and then like the variations of that that kids would make up of that like as i was growing up too that were like darker versions of that song (laughs) yeah there's also there's also a documentary right now about the original version of the show the i or like i love you you hate me um you should that should be able to find i think it's on hulu too uh but that's like about like the like the original show it's got and i want to say it's got like interviews with the original dude that was in the suit on the show too and like how like his experience with like all of that and whatnot and like the popularity of the show when it first came out uh it will be interesting with this as far as it doing like a movie and animated series kind of run yeah uh instead of going like the puppet the dude puppet. in a suit route um so i am definitely curious to see kind of, like i i probably won't watch this just because now it is no longer in my age demographic yeah uh as i'm now uh 31 years older than i was when the the show initially came out yeah but at least in this article they properly uh used the word millennials as far as like what age bracket that is and not say conglomerate like millennials as being what is actually like gen z uh, now, cause I feel like a lot of the time people like miss label millennials with being kids that are between the ages of like 15 to 25 or so right now, where it's actually close. Millennials are closer to people that are like early thirties to, uh, about 40 at this point just because of like that time period that they would have been born in yeah but so that's one thing that i get kind of like a pet peeve about or is that like millennials get lumped in to a younger group that they're not actually a part of yeah because i heard this is a side tangent that has nothing to do with this other than i heard someone the other day saying that millennials didn't know what the like a floppy disk icon was on a program to save something and i was like uh yeah, we do. I had to use floppy disks. Mm-hmm. I know what a floppy disk is. Don't be saying don't that be millennials don't. Yeah, right? don't say millennials don't know what floppy disks are. I use those all the time. Right, that's not fair. But yeah, it will be interesting to see uh, as far as if Barney can recapture recapture kind of that same cultural like zeitgeist. I was gonna that. say Barney really had yeah the the, the zeitgeist going on and. Whether you loved it or hated it or, or or anywhere in between, you know, I think it was a show that really resonated with children, and yeah. and uh, and I don't think it. I mean, it was teaching positive things, you know. Um, as I'm ripping on it, but I, I think as I, it just seems like it's you know, it wasn't creating any harm. Um, just a couple of technical notes: the Mattel is working with Nelvana. Uh, the Canadian uh, media company and animation studio, and then um, as you know, as, as we touched on, they're going to be TV shows. They're going, for, you know, looking at feature films, uh, YouTube content, and music, and a vast array of merchandising, including shockingly toys. You know that is Mattel. So, oh, yeah. um, 
anyway, get ready for a. It just looks like it sounds like a tidal wave of Barney in 2024 and beyond. Yeah. Uh, so moving from there, recently the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special uh, was released on HBO Max. And for anybody that's a fan of Abbott Elementary, uh, you may have heard some familiar voices as uh, a couple on on this show who are kind of uh, a will-they-won't-they they currently kind of couple on uh, Abbott Elementary. I myself am still catching up with season two, so I'm not sure if they are a couple yet on the show. But uh, So with this... Uh, Quinta Brunson and Tyler James Williams uh, lended their voices to uh, Hawkman and Hawkwoman on the show recently. Uh, so, and the, the special is called Harley Quinn, a very problematic Valentine's Day special. Uh, so according to the long line, the episode shows Harley and Ivy celebrating their very first Valentine's Day together, while also revealing how the rest of the ragtag crew spends the gushiest, mushiest, most romantic day of the year. Uh, so in this two, two, uh, like I, I like, uh, these two actors a lot. Uh, people may recognize also, uh, Tyler James Williams as, uh, he played the younger version of Chris Rock on Everybody Loves Chris. Um, and I think they're both great on this show too. She was actually at the Super Bowl recently, uh, I, her and another, another member of the Abbott Elementary cast were there uh, pretty close to where like Tracy Morgan was sitting, so I thought that was kind of funny, which is the show is set in Philadelphia, so I guess it makes sense as far as them being there for a Super Bowl that had a team from Philadelphia at it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been a big fan of the Harlequin series. I need to catch up still on season three in, in order to get to this valentine's day special um but with being a fan of both abbott elementary and harley quinn i am looking forward to eventually getting to this valentine's day special when it is no longer anywhere near valentine's day how <laughs> when i watch it probably at that point in time but definitely exciting to see them working together in like different capacities outside of just abbott elementary itself yeah that's um, good stuff and that elementary that, that's that's a really entertaining show isn't it yeah yeah I, I really enjoy it so Mark really cool news I think uh, you know, at least for me out of Lucasfilm that uh, Lucasfilm revealed the next uh, group of animation studios they're working with on Star Wars Visions Volume 2 and they also reveal the release date. So uh, it's a great date for Star Wars fans. It's going to be on May 4th, 2023, as in, you know, May the 4th be with you day. Um, yeah. They, that uh, on Disney Plus, Volume 2 of, of Star Wars Visions is is going to debut. And they, they've, been, they've been working with nine international studios uh, to create this new season. And I... I I'm so stoked. You know, season one was all studios from Japan, which was super cool. And these studios are from all over, all over the place. So, uh, they are, uh, El Guri. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Sorry. They're from Spain. Cartoon Saloon, 
which we all, and I had never heard of that other dude either, but Cartridge Saloon from Ireland, uh, Punk Robot from Chile, Ardman is, is creating a Star Wars <laughs> short for this, which oh, yeah. I'm stoked, stoked about from, you know, of course, Ardman from the UK, we just talked about him. Studio Mir from South Korea, Studio La Cachette from France, 88 Pictures from India, Dart Shataijo, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sure I'm butchering that name, from Japan, and then Triggerfish from South Africa. So, uh, Lucasfilm, the statement from them is saying the reaction to the first volume of Star Wars Visions blew us away. We were delighted that this project inspired and resonated with so many people. Uh, we always saw Star Wars Visions as a framework for celebratory exp- uh, expressions of the franchise from some of the best creators working today. Animation is in a global renaissance, and we're constantly staggered by the amount of creativity pushing the medium forward. Uh, with Volume 2, we expanded our canvas to take audiences on a global tour of some of the most talented creators from around the world. I'm, anyway, what are you, I'm stoked. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. They, they didn't say exactly what episode numbers these were, but they did kind of, sort of, release, um... The, like titles of some titles, of the episodes yeah, too. We got titles. Yeah, like like I'm really excited uh, specifically for like the cartoon saloon, um, who you know has done like Secret of the Kells among many other, uh, like Wolf Walkers, um, Song of the Sea. Um, so I'm very curious to see like what that one ends up looking like. Ardman, obviously, uh, they're. Each of them are doing uh, one each. It seems like each of the the studios is doing one each for this. Um, whereas, like, last time, I believe, some of them did, like, two or so. Uh, I am definitely looking forward to... So, the, uh, we call May the 4th the... What do you... The, the corporate holiday for Star Wars Day... Uh, whereas May 25th is Orthodox Star Wars Day, um, since that's like the actual like anniversary of Star Wars itself. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of more Star Wars visions and the kind of the varied animation that comes from um, going all around the the globe for the different animation styles and seeing like what all the different cultures. Um, cause it was already cool to see like what, like, uh, Japanese culture and anime as influence on Star Wars or vice versa rather. Um, so it should be interesting to see like how that also affects animation styles and cultures from other places around the world as well. And like how they tell stories like within that universe. So, uh, I will definitely most likely be talking about volume two of Star Wars visions on uh, hold a maneuver too so um if it's not talked about on this show uh, i will definitely direct you to where it will be talked about on holdo too um but uh again speaking of remakes and whatnot uh disney uh and another one of their uh, live action uh, remakes of their animated films uh for lilo and stitch uh which is being directed by uh Dean Fletcher Camp, who did direct Marcel the Shell with shoes on, so I'm excited about that. And then Zach Galifianakis has joined the the film as well too. Uh, he's rumored to be voicing uh, Pleakley, 
uh, in the the movie, which that seems like a good fit for uh, for his voice and for that character. Uh, so it, sh- it should be interesting also to see like what Pleakley and Goomba and Stitch in general look like in live action. Like if they'll if they're going to be fully CG characters or if they will be I don't know some kind of mixture of like guy in a suit uh, creature effects maybe that'd be kind of cool or if it'll if it will just be like a CG character because uh, especially they'll have to be on screen the entire movie so it'll be I'm very curious to see like especially Stitch because I'm not sure how some of these will translate to being in a live action world because uh, they're very stylized kind of characters that are yeah like were with like within like their animation animation world yeah um so i i am still i'm like cautiously optimistic about this just because of the people involved the creatives that are involved yeah the movie um and it is going it is a uh disney plus uh project too so it won't be like theatrically released so it'll be like the same van like as how lady and the tramp yeah Pinocchio uh, released uh, Pinocchio so then it also gives it that kind of as well which I think that Peter and Wendy movie was originally going to be Disney plus only but is now possibly getting a theatrical release later this year too so again there maybe it could eventually get a theatrical release too, I guess. Um, but it seems like at least with, uh, Bob Iger's like kind of re structuring of, uh, like as far as like both series and films being released for Disney plus and the amount of stuff that's being made for them. Um, that'll probably stay as being like a Disney plus only kind of thing. So speaking of, of, uh, live action or slash CGI, live action CGI adaptations of animated, beloved animated films. Uh, DreamWorks has jumped on board with, I think it's kind of a derivative thing of what Disney does, but they are, they uh, are going to do a How to Train Your Dragon live action movie. Uh, Dean, Dean, uh, Dubois, I've Sorry. How do you say his name, Mark? Was it? Um, yeah, it's it's pretty sort of like Dean Dubois. Yeah, Dean Dubois. Dean Dubois, um, who's the filmmaker behind the original animated trilogy, and also didn't he work on Lilo and Stitch? Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I think he was so, a co-director on Lilo and night, Stitch. Yeah, good segue from from Lilo and Stitch to this. Uh, but he's back in the saddle as writer, director, and producer of this project. Um, they already have a release date. Universal has thrown out they're going to release this live action How to Train Your Dragon film on March 14th, 2025 um, in theaters. And casting's underway. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if they're planning on a trilogy or if this is going to, you know... Try to do the entire story in one live action. Right, what it's going to, you know, what it's going to be. Um, but but uh, anyway, you know... This I think How to Train Your Dragon is just one of the best uh, things to come out of DreamWorks, and so yeah. I, that's I guess exciting, maybe a little nerve wracking. You know, it's like one of those don't wreck it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> what do you think about this project? It's definitely interesting. Part of me, I think, would be kind of cool if, um, with the casting, if they... So, like, I know, like, the, like the animated ones are kind of told from, like, that narrative aspect of, like, Hiccup is telling the story kind of almost Wonder Years style from the future. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of... I think it would be kind of funny if they just cast Jay Baruchel as the adult Hiccup. I know, wouldn't that be funny? As, I was thinking that, too. Uh, yeah, to, like, to just kind of, like, bookend the the films. Yeah. Like, and just, just have him grow a beard for it. Um, like, because some of these people, like, some of the actors could just be the, like, the actor in the live-action version, too. Uh, well, like, for some of them, like obviously not like the teenage characters, like when they're teenagers in the the films, but uh, you can only kind of suspend disbelief for so much as far as like age wise, unless they aged everybody up from needing being teenagers in the film to be like twenty or thirty something aged characters. Yeah, I uh, like, but I could see like Gerard Butler like playing like his character again in this, and like Kate Blanchett and whatnot. Um, I can. It'll be interesting to see like what kind of aspect they go with it. Like if the they make the film be like dark, uh, or or try to make it closer to keep like the humor almost like in the same vein as like like a fantasy adventure epic kind of kind of like how uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons honor among thieves. Yeah. Or the new you know quote unquote live actions you know. The live like how CGI that's kind of, adaptation, yeah. yeah. I could see it being kind of like geared or like done in that same kind of framing as that. Um, so it'll be interesting, and then let's just hope we don't get like a uh, live action Shrek because that I feel like that Oof. could get to a weird point. Like, a, yeah, I think. I think Shrek the Musical is as close as we should get to what yeah, a live action version of Shrek I would agree. be. And you know, I think Shrek the Musical is good. You know, I, I thought yeah, it was a good show. I mean, maybe, maybe they'll make an animated or I mean, a, uh, a live, live action, action. Yeah, like like Wicked is right. being made and like Hamilton and whatnot. So maybe I just gave him an idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you planted the seed. <laughs> uh, also, also a live trailer. action. Yeah, live action Minions would be kind of horrifying too Oof. what the, like what the minions would look like in yeah in live action yeah. um but yeah so again speaking of like sequels and adaptations and reboots and whatnot uh and we spoke about bob Iger a little while ago uh recently um like about a week or two ago now there was an announcement came at during the disney i believe you call. were yeah yeah i believe you were listening to, I it, listened live. to it live yeah so, on that, they announced that Disney uh, set sequels for Frozen. Uh, so, Frozen 3, uh, Zootopia 2, and then Toy Story 5. So, uh, yeah, Toy Story 5. Um, so, the news comes as also amid uh, a round of huge layoffs at the company with letting go of 7,000 employees, or roughly 3% of its workforce. Uh, box office results for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and The Way of Water helped catapult Disney um, to beat kind of like expectations uh, last year. Uh, it also 
so like with this too i i'm actually excited for like a frozen three because frozen two actually made me like frozen one more uh and i liked kind of how they expanded the story there and i'd be inter- i'll be interested to see what they would what they'll do with a frozen three now on where they left off with the characters at the end of frozen two as well um with like anna now being the queen of arendelle also kind of more or less being like the queen of uh, of essentially being the ice queen mm-hmm. uh now um so i i am curious to see what that it, it sounds like uh Kristen and Bobby Lopez are coming back for the music for that one as well because I saw them post something about on on Twitter like saying that we're back. Oh, cool! I don't think that was oh, like officially a, announced or anything. About that. Yeah, but I saw I saw them post that, so I don't think that was ever like something that was officially announced. But like again, like they posted that. Josh and, Dad posted some stuff too. Yeah, so we presume. We know at least that the music will be back, and we know at least Olaf will be back based off of those things. <laughs> well, I think, um, didn't I Dina Menzel post something on social media? Oh, yeah, too? okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, so we know Elsa, Olaf, and the music at least. <laughs> right. I, I think I think Kristen Stewart, or not Kristen Stewart, that's a different Kristen. Kristen Bell. Uh, Wasn't I she think, clamoring sure. for one like a few months ago or something? Yeah, she, I mean, I'm assuming she already knew, and she was just being like very subtle about yeah. Definitely, at least excited about uh, Frozen Three. I'm excited for what they can do with Zootopia Two, as well too. Because um, at least with that, that's only got just the with the one film so far. So there's plenty of room for them to uh, kind of do whatever with that. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch Zootopia Plus on Disney Plus. I haven't Plus either. Yet. I haven't taken the, the opportunity to watch. So I, I need to. I. I think I started. I mean, because the sh- you know the episodes are short, but I just yeah. I, you know I need to. Yeah. Yeah, and then the so like the last one. This is so I don't ever like want to ever be like outwardly negative on like any like stuff that I put out on the internet because I think it's better to be positive about stuff than to put negativity out into the universe and the internet because there's already enough of that anyways. Um, but I remember when we initially wrote something about like Toy Story 4, I think, um, before we went on hiatus, because, uh, when that first got announced and we were trying to figure out like what that would be about. Yeah. So Toy Story 3 was the end of Andy's story. Toy Story 4 is basically the end of Woody's story. So the thing there is then what is toy story five about at that point so like my at least i think i sent this to you you did send it to me yeah because now like other people would be like oh just make the last one the end of buzz's story but like they just made a buzz Lightyear movie that came out recently so I, I feel like that would get confusing already to the people that thought that movie was confusing as far as to what version of Buzz that was, which wasn't really all that confusing anyways. Um, but do you not make Toy Story 5 a sequel, uh, but make it a prequel with Andy's dad uh, receiving 
Woody as a gift. Uh, growing up, uh, marrying Andy's mom, Andy's born, and Woody is bequeathed to him. Uh, Andy's dad passes away tragically, and Woody represses all his memories with Andy's dad. Fade to black. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yep. And that that feels like a like the like the 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 Pixar pull at your uh, heartstrings. Heartstrings movie. Um, now I don't know what Toy Story five actually will be, but I feel like. I almost feel like they wouldn't do that because they would want to include Buzz and the rest of the um, characters from the the other four films in there somehow, somehow as well again. So I'm I just don't like know how they would do it because just because with how they left off Woody in the end of Toy Story four, how they left off with Andy in Toy Story three, I just don't know what they do with Toy Story five. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, I know that these are hugely popular, see, you know, movies, right, and characters, and I think you know Bob Iger is trying just to like get people, get the fans excited about Disney again and whatnot. I don't know if this was necessarily the way, but it's 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 what we've got, and I'm you know I'm hoping for the best. I think with Frozen, if they if they're bringing back the creative, if they're getting the team back together, that's promising. You know, yeah. uh, Toy Story. I I you know, Mark. I can't remember what we talked about with Toy Story four when it was first announced and whatnot. I think I was pretty skeptical, and probably the world was because Toy Story three had such a perfect ending for yeah. Andy's story. And just for the toys with the, you know the relationship with Andy, uh, I, and 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 I think you know again just be loved the world over and everybody bawled their eyes out right, um, in the in that movie, but I I was I loved Toy Story four. I think part of it was just I just love spending time with these characters again in a really interesting story. At least I found the story interesting and uh, yeah. enjoyable. So. Fingers crossed that the magicians at Pixar are going to treat us to something really cool, and not just like, "Oh, we got to make a sequel," you know. Yeah, uh, I, they definitely did paint themselves into a corner, though. I guess, yeah, with the ending of with of four, yeah, exactly. And and if they're gonna, you know, how they're gonna bring Woody back in? I mean, the whole thing, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what uh, what they do. Um, and Zootopia, I think, is just rife for a sequel. There's so much potential they've got all those different you know neighborhoods in that in the city and all you know all the yeah they could even put birds in the next one uh, right all the myriad of characters i think i think that's i mean i'm just very hopeful that that these are going to be good and that the you know just the output's going to be good for, for and successful uh, you know. yeah uh, so and then moving from that the the next bit of things i'm just going to i was going to put them together uh with invincible season two coming out uh sometime yeah later this year uh so we got kind of a, a trailer f- for that which i thought was very cleverly done yes uh but with that there was an interview recently with comic book or cbr.com comic book resources um 
and they said that Invincible will tell stories never seen in the comics. So that's good to know that at least like with the TV series, the animated series, is that um, even if you've read the comic, um, you don't have to kind of worry about being spoiled in that respect because with stuff that will happen in the show, uh, you may have never seen that or read that in the book. Um, so it'll be nice when you're watching it not being able to figure out what's coming up. Uh, and like I said, with the like the trailer, it was done in this very clever way where it's uh, Seth Rogen's alien character, uh, Alan, the alien, uh, speaking with Stephen Young's uh, Invincible at a, at a diner, um, and it basically essentially talking about why it's taking so long for the, the show to come back and how it ends with just being like, it'll come back sometime this year. <laughs> Um, and I just thought that was, was funny. It was called, and it's called the waiting is the, the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, the animation in that looks great too. And it's, it's cool too. This is kind of like in the same vein as like those older Pixar teasers that we used to get where yes. it wasn't actual footage from the movies, but it was like a, essentially its own. Cause like it's all little, yeah, short. Yes, film. exactly. So it's, it was cool to, to see that and done that way. Um, and it made me um, excited for more Invincible, uh, which is definitely a, a fun show. I know it's not for everybody because it's, it's like a very violent uh, kind of show. Uh, but I am looking forward definitely for season two of that. Uh, what did you think of that, that teaser? You know, uh, I'm intrigued. I, I haven't watched any of season one, Mark, because, you know, I'm just always not like the most avid series go I joined late you know uh, but uh, in trade I thought well maybe I should check some of this stuff out and, and be ready yeah yeah uh, but moving from Invincible to uh, Velma yeah so I haven't so Velma you know is the new HBO Max series uh, starring Mindy Kaling as as Velma from the you know the Scooby-Doo uh the Scooby Doo character, uh, it's this is a con. I, this is interesting, Mark, to me. So, this movie or this series has just absolutely been skewered. It's got a seven percent audience oh. score on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's it's um, at the tomato tomato meter. It's currently I think at forty two percent, and. Uh, it's faring worse on IMDb, where it's been labeled with a 1.4 out of 10 score, based on oh, more than 66,000 fan ratings. However, it was the most watched television, you know, series, to, animated series, original animated series to be on a, HBO Max. So you just wonder if like the, all the the bad ratings and the bad publicity, you know, are are are, are pushing it over. I have yet to watch it. So, yeah. you know, I've seen the trailer and I've read some reviews and, but maybe I just on my own, I should, should check it out. I really like Mindy Kaling, you know, yeah. uh, she's, she's appealing. And, uh, and then, you know, in the, in the, in the series, uh, all the, you know, like Fred, Fred, uh, Daphne oh, yeah, and Shaggy are back. But um, no Scooby Doo, so that's like you know the, the, I guess kind of the main main thing. And then it's got a real you know South Asian um, flair 
to it. Oh yeah, with the animation and 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 the actors, you know that that are uh, yeah that are that are involved. So I don't know. Have you have you watched any Velma other than the, you know other than the trailer? I watched the pilot of the show. Yeah, so that, that first episode, um, and I thought it was all right. Like it, it definitely feels like it is trying a little bit too hard um in some respects the animation is really well done for it uh but i like i've only watched that first episode as far i haven't watched any more of the that first season yet um it was all it was all right though like it did i don't know it just it like i can see in some respect where some of those reviews are coming from but in other ways i don't I don't see why it is getting skewered so badly that way too. Um, again, though, I haven't watched past that first episode. Yeah. Uh, and that, not for like lack of not wanting to, just mostly because like there's so much, there's so much to watch, you know. Yeah. And 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 so, our discretionary time is valuable, you know. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to watch like at least that, so I could have some kind of um, idea of, about it. Yeah. Uh, but the I'll I guess I'll kind of give my my recommendation now because it kind of ties into it. Um, so like for my recommendation, that's later on in our recommendation section. Um, it's just from a, a video essay that someone did called "Velma is Wrong About Animation." <laughs> Because um, there's a joke in the the first episode where it's I don't even know like, and like they even ask this like in the the like video essay they did that was like I don't understand what the joke is, um, where it's like 420 is code for adults who still watch animation. I was I was like, <laughs> yeah, they're they're like wait so what does does that mean that adults that are high watch animation yeah or where's my animation like, shirt but 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 like why are you making fun of a, i guess what would be the demographic of the show of who you're aiming your show at yeah uh but that it's a it's a good video it kind of goes into more too about the other stuff that we've talked about before too where um it's not just like about velma's line about that but with like the wider kind of um zeitgeist and of like what a lot of people consider like with animation as a genre not a medium yeah strike that reverse it's the other way around um so i i definitely would recommend checking out that video that i have in our recommendations i just figured i'd put it here because it's kind of tied to to velma um but the the next uh thing on here is the next animated film from the uh, DC animation where it's uh, Batman the Doom that came to Gotham where it's this uh, another animated uh, Batman animated film from DC where it's inspired by the comic book series by Mike Magnolia, uh, Richard Pace and Troy Nixie. Um, Mike Magnolia people may know was uh, the creator of the Hellboy comics um, so you can kind of see like 
where kind of this version of Batman is coming from too. Yes. Uh, so the Batman, the Doom that came to Gotham, is um, is a 1920s based tale that finds Bruce Wayne accidentally unleashing an ancient evil, expediting the his return to Gotham City after a two decade hiatus. Um, so the logic, science-driven Batman must battle Lovecraftian supernatural forces threatening to the sheer existence of Gotham along the way being aided and confronted by reimagined versions of his well-known allies and enemies, including Green Arrow, Ra's al Ghul, Mr. Freeze, Killer Croc, Two-Face, James Gordon, and Bruce's beloved wards. Uh, like, you know, Robin and Batgirl et al., uh, and the animation on this looks great. It does I mean, it always, good. Th- yeah. Always does for these films. There's uh, one that's coming out pretty soon. Uh, that is, what was it? I'm trying to remember the one that's coming out. Uh, with, oh, the uh, the Justice, uh, or sorry, Legion. Sorry. Uh, it was the Legion uh, superhero, Legion of Superheroes with uh, Supergirl. That one was going to be coming out soon, um, on, or, or has, has already come out. And again, the animation on that looks great. Uh, side note: with like they were doing like this uh, spine art on the side of some of these DC animated films, but they've screwed it up twice now, where it's like the same image on the spine for different releases. And it looks like it was intended to say DC Comics, um, if you put them all together. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, like two, but like two of them now have had like the same art on the spine, so I don't know if someone's like screwing up they, somewhere with whoever's doing the art on those. Yeah. So it kind of screwed up that whole thing. Bummer. Um, and it's weird on which ones they're choosing to put them on too. So, uh, but yeah, this uh, comes out as well date on this one sorry i'm just checking the date on it really quick is um march 28th so about a month from now it'll be out on 4k and blu-ray uh and then the last trailer i will let you take away yeah so it's a comedy uh called strays this is a cgi comedy uh in the trailer, it says, you know, from the makers of Ted. So, it's... Uh, this one is about dogs. So, the dogs are CGI, and then everything else is, um, you know, in the in the kind of the normal human world. Um, the main dog is named Reggie. He is voiced by Will Ferrell. And he is a relentlessly optimistic border terrier who keeps getting abandoned by his just absolute jerk of an owner um, who's played by Will Forte. And um, at some point, Reggie... uh, So, I mean, as you'll see in the trailer, Will Forte, like, just just trying to, like, plays fetch with with Reggie the dog. But it's more just, like, trying to abandon him. (laughs) You know, he, like, takes him to a remote place. Hucks the ball and then drives off, and then Reggie keeps finding him at home. But um, so I mean, it's a toxic. It's it's a horrible relationship, and clearly the owner doesn't love you know doesn't love the dog. Um, but Reggie 
meets up with a foul-mouthed Boston Terrier named Bug, who's voiced by Jamie Foxx, who tries to help Reggie get out of this toxic relationship. Um, anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's R-rated, it's, it's, it's probably gonna be super funny, again, interesting, interesting voice cast, Will Forte looks like, you know, funny, just plays, just playing this white trash, (laughs) guy, um, so, you know, I, it just looks like, you know, it, it is what it is, it, it does look like, you know, kind of another iteration of, of Ted going for kind of an R-rated gross-out comedy, um, but you know, just again with this with this uh, CGI look, rather than it being either all animated or or what. But anyway, there we have Strays opening up this summer. Yeah, uh, I originally thought this was a adaptation of there's a comic book called Stray Dogs. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's kind of like if you mix. Uh, Stranger Things with All Dogs Go to Heaven uh, uh, which I would suggest checking out um, if you haven't read it and like even the animation style is kind of done in a Don Bluth um, style yeah. version oh, of that uh, I'll check this out movie mostly just because of the voice cast yeah, and also the voice cast. Phil, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are producers on it too and they tend to produce a bunch of stuff that I've liked so far like the Jump Street movies and yeah, Spider Verse, uh, Cloudy with Chance Meatballs, Clone High. So, uh, I'm sure this will be like in that same vein. And like from the poster before I saw the trailer, I thought it was like fully animated at first. Yeah, uh, right. But no, it's it just it looks like they're. It'll just be like, it seems like it'll be a mix of CG mouths on dogs. Yes. Or just fully CG dogs. Yes. So so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, and the voice cast, uh, one thing I noticed was, uh, Harvey Gillian is in that. So it'll be interesting to see if he plays a dog again after he was just, uh, the dog character in Puss in Boots. Um, so it'll be, it'll be funny <laughs> yeah. to see how many, how many dogs can he voice in two years? Yes, seriously. Uh, but going from that, uh, we'll get into our recommendations. I already, uh, kind of gave mine, so I will hand it over to Stanford to allow him to give you his work. Yeah, you know, uh, I just got back from Disneyland, and uh, Disney, you know, is celebrating its 100th year of existence. You know, the Walt Disney Studios formed in 1923 with with Walt and his brother Roy Disney starting to make movies in California. Then um, what Disney and Disneyland decided to do was for for their new fireworks show this year, they call it Wondrous Journeys, or Wondrous Journey, and it is, or maybe it is Journeys, but uh, it is all devoted to Walt Disney Animation Studios. So, so no, um, and this isn't a slight, I don't think, it's just, you know, they decided to focus on, but, no, no, you know, no Pixar, no live action Disney, no, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, anything. It's all, it's all content from, from, uh, from Walt Disney Animation Studios, so I was just in heaven. Uh, this show, it's about 15 minutes long. It's They've got projections on the castle, but they also put projections all up and down the entire Main Street USA. So I watched it. Um, I was able to see it twice. One time I saw it closer to the castle. It was a bit of an obstructed view. Um, 
and it was fine. You could see the fireworks went up, but I thought the place to watch it was in the middle of Main Street. I was about three fourths of the way down the street. If you're familiar with with uh, you know Disneyland Main Street, there's a there was facing the castle. The Magic Shop was on the right, and the Emporium was on the left, where I where I watched it. And I thought that was a fantastic view because even though the castle was a bit far away, the projections are cool. They from what I understand, Mark, they have put clips in a representation from all 61 films from Walt Disney wow. Animation Studios. And some of them are very obvious, of course, you know, Snow White and uh, you know, Sleeping Beauty and Belle. And they've got Hercules and Quasimodo and uh, Moana's in it a lot, Tiana's in it a lot. But, but just, you know, try, it's kind of sensory overload because there's just stuff going on all around you, you know, because the projections are, are, are different. They're not necessarily yeah. identical, you know, and, uh, but I saw the Aristocats and Atlantis, Treasure Planet makes an appearance, um, Home on the Range. I, you know, I didn't see Home on the Range, but I wouldn't be, I'm sure it's probably in there, you know, just some little, even if it's just a second, because, <laughs> because I think every film supposedly has been represented. And I think I thought I read too that even their upcoming film Wish, which is coming out in November, also had a representation in there, you know, of, of huh. something. And uh, I don't know what because of course I haven't seen the film. But uh, right. there was like they kind of lingered on some kind of a star thing, and I like wondered if that was it. But um, oh, yeah. I don't I, I don't want to give spoilers, but you can see it online too. People have been putting it out on YouTube, but rather than Tinkerbell, they have got some different flying characters that fly along that cable. You know, oh, yeah, I, saw that. I saw which character it is. So there are two. It's pretty cool. They've got two characters. So uh, anyway, I, I, it's, if you're a Disney, you know, animation fan, like I am, it's, uh, and you're going to Disneyland, make sure you watch what, you know, that, that show, it was, um, at Disneyland. It's just, it's, it was, it was lovely. Nice. Yeah. I, they always do really good shows like that. I don't, know if i'll get there this year just because we were there so late in this past year in december yeah um but yeah i uh, from what i did see of it it looked cool um yeah it's on youtube and... so you can you definitely you know go check it out if you uh, yeah it's and and yeah. they just the music arrangements were super cool you know they had some new some new songs in there at least one new song but the way that they arranged all of the other, you know, stuff with the other, you know, with the other Disney characters, I just thought was really creative and just really beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And side note, it's a good thing they updated the Mickey statue quote while you were there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Rather than started with the mouse, they yeah they fixed it. <laughs> you would have thought you would have thought somebody would have like. Oh my goodness! That somebody would have caught that like, rather than you know thank goodness for the quadruple internet. checked that before putting it in the stone. Yeah, but it's where the internet uh, comes in handy. They keep them honest. Yeah, uh, and then our last recommendation this week, uh, Vactor actually sent us a pre-recorded uh, recommendation uh, of a show that he's been enjoying a lot for Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur uh, that we will now cue to now and we'll be back in a second after his segment there all right i gotta say a few things about my new favorite show on tv right now the best animated show in all the world right now in february 2023 is moon girl and devil dinosaur man this show has lived up to all of my expectations the moment i saw that very first trailer and had the music had the theme song 
I said, all right, this is something different. This is something that I'm going to love. And it lived up to all of those expectations. The music, 100%, is the first thing that stands out to me. Actually, Rafael Sadiq, who I'm a huge fan of as a musical artist, is the executive music producer on it. And it shows. He does the score. He does all the songs. And it just makes you feel good. And that's what I was telling Mark. I said, this show makes me feel good. And it's really good at giving you a lesson every episode. It's it's kind of themed at a younger audience, maybe 13, around that age. And then maybe skews a little bit female because the protagonist is female. But I'm enjoying it as a 40-year-old man. And my son is enjoying it as well. So that's... a Thing. I'm really having a good time sharing it with my son and even my wife enjoyed it but it's just about a great young 13 year old genius and she's got superpowers and oh yeah by the way she's got a dinosaur she opens up a portal to another time and then brings in devil dinosaur voiced by Fred Tedeschiore who's one of my favorite voice actors but he's doing that D. Bradley Baker thing where he just makes sounds and grunts but I love this show. The art style is fantastic. You can tell they were influenced by Into the Spider-Verse. And it's a comic book show. That's what I love is, like, they're not afraid to be a comic book show and lean into the comic bookiness of it. And I just, the writing is great. All of the voice acting is great. The Diamond White does Moon Girl. She's an actor and a singer. So both of those roles, she plays very well as Moon Girl. I just love this show, and I want everybody to check it out. Whether you're young, old, everybody will have a good time with Moon Girl. 100% a great family-friendly animated show. Check it out. If you've got a fascination with animation, Moon Girl will be right up your alley. All right, and thank you, Vactor, for sending in that. Yeah, thank you, Vactor. Vactor's awesome. Yeah, Uh, thank you for editing as well, too. Uh, look, I'm looking forward to checking out that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur too. It's because the the animation style on that looks pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting. They have a weird release schedule for that though, where like they're releasing the episodes on YouTube and Disney Plus, but they're releasing like six episodes of time on YouTube and then two episodes of time on Disney Plus. So, um, I guess if you have YouTube, you can watch more, and then if you have Disney Plus, you can watch less of them. So it's it's a weird release tactic schedule thing. So I'm not sure. There's they're available in both places, just less of them are available on Disney Plus. <laughs> but that I think is going to do it for episode 101 of uh, Animation Fascination. I almost said Dalmatians just by <laughs> just kind of yeah, just because 101. Uh, we'll have a Dalmatian plantation, uh, but. Don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter at uh, my own name, Mark Bibber, on Stanford at his own name, Stanford Clark. Uh, you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at Animation Fascination, on Twitter at Animated Podcast. You can email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com. Check out all of our old news stories as well as our new episodes at animationfascination.net. You can also find a link to merch there uh, for shirts and magnets and stickers and whatever you may want. Uh, Trent Vactor edits our episodes. Uh, so I'm Mark Rivert for myself and Stanford Clark. Uh, thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time.